Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to Tim Fall Hat. Uh, before we start the show, a word from Athletic Greens. Hey guys, today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I take Athletic Greens every day because I want better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system, okay? I hate taking a bunch of pills and vitamins. I want a supplement that actually tastes great and want to see what the hype was all about. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. And it's real simple, okay? It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamins, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb, okay? It costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your, in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Green is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash tinfoil. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash tinfoil to take ownership over your health and pick the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Enjoy the show. Tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to Tinfoil Hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Good morning, Swarm, and welcome to Tim Fall Hat. You know I am. You know I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. Join me as always, uh, Xavier Guerrero and Jay Nice, Johnny Woodard. How are you guys? Dude, that was an intro. Thank you. Yeah, you Thank really gave you. your all to that one. I did. Today's a, 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 a interesting day. A lot of uh, sadness. We'll get into that. Uh, I would love for you guys to come see me live. Uh, you know, I've taken some time off of doing the road, and I, because I, I'm, just, you know, I'll get into some stuff in a few. But if you want to see me live, I got a couple shows coming up. Just uh, next Wednesday is com. Okay, this weekend. I'm so excited to be back at one of my favorite comedy clubs to play, the Comedy Club in Kansas City. Uh, Dustin runs a great club. I got my boy John Sheezer. Uh, two two nights, Friday, Saturday. That's the best. Thank you so much. Let me do four shows. Get in, get out. Bam. Thank you, brother. Uh, I appreciate you, and uh, it's going to be a great time. So Kansas City, please uh, come see me. Grab your tickets now, samtriplee.com. Then the next week, I got three shows. Wednesday night, I am at I Have Comedy Chaos. Uh, so go grab your tickets. A murder lineup. Tiffany Haddish, uh, Liza Schlesinger, Orny Adams, Tony Rock, 
uh, Brandon Schaub, myself, and uh, we're going to be adding more people as it goes. And then the uh, then Thursday night, Eddie Bravo, myself, and that guy right there will be live at one of our favorite clubs to play, the Rec Room in Huntington Beach. Two shows, stand-up comedy, plus a Q&A after Swarm Tank. Go do that. And then finally, uh, I'm going to be on that Saturday night, which is, I believe, the 19th. I will be doing a special show in Ventura, a uh, hundred seater. Come grab your tickets. I, uh, myself, Zane Helberg, uh, my buddy, Jake Gallo. I'm going to do stand up. Uh, one show is going to be stand up. And then I'm doing a, uh, what I call rants and raves. Uh, the, the, what is it? What am I call it? The revival. Come grab, go grab those tickets. Then I have some stuff at Caluso, Calusa. California on December 2nd. Then I have something in Fresno, California. Full circle. Yeah, so that'll be great. Go grab those tickets now. Uh, just go to samtriplee.com. Um, so uh, we recently had a passing of a friend of the show. He appeared on the show, Brian Moreno. Um, he passed away. He was found in his car. And uh, our hearts go out to him and his family. Uh, I haven't heard the exact cause, uh, and it's super sad. He had just had his um, his movie had come out, and then he had a TV series, I believe, on Apple coming out. And that's why he was on the show. And it makes me sad. Now, I just had another friend, Cassie Dang, pass away. Uh I'm not going to get into why she passed away. That's personal to that. But, you know, she's a very wonderful person, a social butterfly, and a good person. So that's two people in one week. And all I'm going to say to everybody out there, I just really want to say something to you. If you're still doing drugs, in particular cocaine, in this day and age, you are dancing with the devil. I understand there's a lot of this notion of rock and roll out there. And, and being crazy and you know this is fun and you know women like to get weird on blow and all that stuff that comes with being a you know you know running and gunning and, and doing coke parties man you know i i grew i grew up on all that i i i fully engaged in it but it was a different time you guys gotta stop doing this stuff we're losing people left and right and it's real shit and every time you go there you're playing russian roulette you got to stop doing it, man. And if you you have a problem with drugs like I did, man, get help. Come join me on a Zoom meeting. Come join me, man. Get in a recovery. Get out of your own way. They're trying to kill you, man. This is being done on purpose. Right? I mean, look at it, man. Look at, oh, we got supply chain problems. Oh, really? Go to the liquor store. And I haven't been there forever, but no one's ever told me to run out of liquor. I've never heard it. They're not running out fentanyl. It's a poisoning. It's not an OD. It's a poisoning. You got to stop it, man. I know you love doing it, but you got to stop it. You're, you're like, I'm just crushed. I couldn't imagine losing a family member to this. Please. Please. Test it if you're going to do it. Test, test it, it but test. don't, I mean, like, don't, don't even, do yeah, it, man. Harm just, reduction. If you're going to do it and you know you're going to do it and nobody can tell you anything, I then get test it. It's it. like you want to stay up and you want to feel like a rock god. It's like you're dancing with the devil. They're coming for you. Please don't do this, man. I'm begging you, man. I'm begging you, man. It's just like, I just can't go through this anymore, man. 
it's so sad. It just breaks my heart, and I love you all so much. And it took us so far long to find each other, and now we finally have each other, and I don't want to lose you. Please stop, okay? I mean, please stop. Hit me up. We can talk sobriety. Get into a program. There's Zoom meetings. There's live meetings. There's counseling. Get some help. Vibrate on a higher level, okay? So I just wanted to say that I love you. And Brian and, and Dang, uh, I'm going to miss you guys very much. And I'm sorry that uh, this had to happen. And I hope we, we aren't going to have this again. I mean, like, guys, I've been doing the show at the Comedy Store. We usually put Comedy Chaos on the marquee. We can't do it now because every, every weekend there's another v rest in peace on the sign. Every, I've never seen this before, whether it's the Vax, whether it's, it's, it's fentanyl. And I've like Brian had just gotten his 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 show out, and I had another friend, da uh, David Arnold, pass away, and he'd been working so hard to get where he was, and now he can't enjoy it anymore because he's gone. Also, spend time loving yourself, man. Take a moment to love yourself and breathe and enjoy life. The running and gunning and the working 24-7, it's not worth it, man. Enjoy every moment, man, because you don't know when it's going to come to an end. You got to chill. Take time. Get a hobby. Chill out. Have, spend time with your family. That's what you got to do because when you're gone, you're gone. So take care of yourself. You deserve it. You're part of God's plan. You're part of the universe, Christ consciousness. I love you very much. Enjoy this episode. We go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink. All right, let's get into it. Very excited to have this next gentleman on. He produced a documentary called uh, Q Sent Me. I'm very excited to have a conversation with him because this is going to be a deep dive into the theatrics of what I believe is the haunted house. Please welcome Jason Rinks. How are you, Jason? I'm I'm happy to be here, man. Thank you so much. This is this is going to be a blast. Yeah, we're excited to have you on. Uh, we have heavy hearts here, but that's for a different story, different time. But thank you for joining us. We really do appreciate you. Uh, for our listeners who may not be familiar with you, your movie, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where we can find the movie? Find any uh, any of your social media websites, anything. Yeah, yeah. So my name's Jason Rink. I'm out of Austin, Texas, and um, you know, documentary filmmaker down there um you know social media is a little tough because a after we posted a trailer for this film back in january 2021 i was banned from twitter forever <laughs> uh and and facebook you know all over the place uh because i guess the the q shaman is is a dangerous figure uh to all things you know good and holy in this in this country but you can um you can find we just set up a new twitter account for the film at Q sent movie Q sent movie. And the film's going to release here very, very soon on uh, movies plus, which you can find at mymoviesplus.com. I love it. That's great. Do you have a personal uh, Twitter you want them to check out? Or are you just not doing that Dude, at all? I'm, I'm nuked. I mean, I, I, I it, I even lost my, you know, I've, I set up like five or six since, you know, January 6th. They've all been destroyed. I even lost one a couple of days after Elon Musk uh, took over, which was very disheartening. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I'm waiting for them to reinstate me, hopefully get my verification. But, you know, as soon as I got involved in, in documenting, documenting and following the Stop the Steal movement and then, you know, being there on January 6th as a documentary filmmaker, 
you know, uh, everything got totally destroyed on my social and uh, haven't been able to get it back. It is. It is very crazy. I, I watch a lot of my friends. I, I, you know, I was watching Tom Segura. Did you see his gift that he gave Burt Kreischer for his birthday? What, 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 Nazi, Nazi cup? It was, no, no, it oh. wasn't a Nazi cup. It was literally Hitler's teacup. Yeah, well, that's what he said. Yeah. And it's so hilarious. How and, much you pay for that? Uh, if he you, said if he, you believe him, uh, do you think it is? I do. I do believe because he they're really into that <laughs> gift giving. And Dude, the only reason I bring he, that up is because, you know, I watch my friends like operate in this kind of like more more mainstream thing. And even though the Hitler teacup I thought would bring a little heat on to him, which I hope it doesn't because Tom Segura is one of the best human beings on the planet. He like really is a great guy. And um, I, I watch them operate in this kind of place that doesn't really want to deal with any of the craziness that's going on that you 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 Jason and this show deals with and how much shit we we bring upon ourselves in what I and I can only say with this I I, I started this show because I was interested in like learning about the world of conspiracies and to connect with people so that I could go on the road and sell some tickets doing comedy. But the longer we do the show, the more and more I realize how important it is to be able to connect with people that are very thirsty for alternative uh, views of, of uh, mainstream psyops and topics, right? So we have a, now the show, whether we want it or not, has a much bigger role to play. And I take that role very serious. But with that role comes a lot of like hellfire, bro. It, like the, a lot of like. So, so what you're saying is that you admire that Tom and Bert can go on for two hours and not talk about no conspiracies. Just working out, giving each other gifts, talking about their wives, their kids. <laughs> Do I and admire not it? Once does conspiracy. I feel like get you're maybe a little envious that they I, can. I, envious is a total word because I I can't not do this. It's not. This happens. This show works because this is who I am. I believe. So I I, I try to do it with broken sim, and still we end up <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> drifting into the chaos of like the world from that perspective. But so yeah, like it's it's just Jason. It's, I, I'm sure you have you always been in this kind of perspective and and view of the world and content creating this type of style of of entertainment uh or has this been something you've slowly seen yourself dragging into and now here you are and it's just something that you see as a passion yours and also in a weird way a duty yeah, totally. I mean, you know, I'm Gen X, you know, so I'm, 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 I just turned 48 years old. And so I have kind of this punk rock ethos I always had. I always was sort of anti-establishment growing up. My dad, you know, gave me none dare call it conspiracy when I was in like high school, you know? And so I, I've always kind of been curious about that and very curious about, again, how the world works. And so um, you know, the light bulb moment for me was when I got involved in Ron Paul's campaign in, in 2007 and, you know, learned about the Federal Reserve, learned about all, all these different things, what's really happening in the world. And um, shortly after that, I, I made my first film, which was a film called Nullification with a guy named Tom Woods, um, which is about, you know, how the states can push back against federal government and all this stuff, kind of like what DeSantis has been doing, you know, but we made this back in 2010, 2011. 
And, um, you know, that was a controversial film back then because people were thinking we were making a film about secession, right? And that was a, a bad word. And uh, so I made that film. And then um, I've continued to just be very, very interested in economics and and libertarian thought and, and then political thought and all of that. But I hadn't really done any real overtly political work. You know, I have a production company in Austin, Texas. We work with clients and all this sort of thing. But on the side, I just wanted to make these films and this content that would be exposing people to new ideas. And so it really wasn't until the 2020 election that, um, you know, I, I saw what was going on there and I saw the protest movement that started as a result, the Stop the Steal movement. And I thought, man, this seems kind of interesting. This might be going somewhere. And so, you know, I hadn't really made a political film uh, or a project for a while. And so we, we ended up connecting with Ali Alexander, documentary team hits the road. Next thing we know, we're on the, the road for 10 weeks following them all over the country, seeing what was going on. I wasn't even a MAGA guy. I didn't vote for Trump in 2016. So I was just curious about it. And, you know, that led me on the road to January 6th. And I would say this absolutely has felt like a bit of a calling for me. Like, I I didn't know why I wanted to go out and make the film. I was just like, there's a story here and I don't think it's going to get told. But the deeper I got into it, started to see, and and then especially after Jan 6, getting blasted from social media. And I'm like, dude, I'm just making a film about, this crazy horned face paint dude who's like the most significant recognizable figure Jan six. And the next thing I know I'm blasted from social media, the department of justice, the FBI, Jan six committees trying reaching out to me, trying to get my footage. And it's, and it's like, and and for me, I was like, I I can't back down now. What what am I going to do? Just, just quit. I'm like, no, I got to see this thing through. Can I just say really quickly, it's amazing. How many times have we heard that? people gotten started with the Ron Paul thing. It's really hard to overstate how big an influence, even though he lost, you know, and, and really didn't get a terribly many votes, if you believe it. Uh, how, yeah. His influence uh, to- on culture, though, and society right now, because I know I'm one of those people, and I know so many other people whose waking up moment was hearing him in that first Republican debate the first time he ran, you know. And, and- yeah. One hundred percent, dude. It's like it's really hard to quantify. And I I, I think in many ways, Ron Paul, whether he likes it or not, was a precursor to MAGA and Trump. I mean, it launched the Tea Party movement. It launched Thomas Massey and Rand Paul. And it 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 introduced the uh, the anti-interventionist, anti-war dimension of of foreign policy into the Republican Party, which, you know, Ron was getting laughed off the stage back then uh, for that. And and now it's it's sort of like you have Republicans who aren't interested in funding Ukraine, which would have been unheard of back in 2008. You yeah, know or I mean? so, 2000, yeah. for sure. I mean, yeah. war hawks, complete utter war hawks was the Republican Party. And I've said this, like, I, I, I like, dude, I, I, I have this weird thing where it's like, I get, I get that it's two wings of the same bird. I totally get that. But if if everything goes according to plan, and let's say it's not a red wave, but there is a red flood, right? There's a flood happening, and they do take both the House, the Senate, and it looks like it's going to force the Biden administration to pull back on any more funding of the Ukrainian war. Am I wrong on saying that, Johnny, uh, anybody like Jason, your thoughts on that? Because we'll that see. seems because word is now that Russia is pulling out of certain parts. 
There yeah. seems to be this belief that war looks like it's been determined, been uh, deterred. Right? Is that even the word I use right there? What, what, what do you mean by that? Like it looks like prevented, it, kind of. Yeah. I hope so. I, maybe I'm wrong, and I do think there's a lot of theatrics going on with Sean Penn's. I mean, I, I don't know how you anyone could ever work with Sean Penn again. Like, ever well, I, work. Well, the people who work with him all believe that bullshit, yeah. though. No, I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you on that, but it's really disgusting. But, you know, so if that is true, that is. that is. And we'll see where they land on the Senate. I mean, yeah, I'm with you on holding that. out on that. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, man, like for me, foreign policy is one of the big issues because, like, this is where re people are really being killed and murdered all over the world. So it's like you've got to take it seriously. But yet, I think one thing that Ukraine has shown a lot of people, you know, war is a racket. It's been a racket for a long time, and it's been sort of a money laundering operation for you know, you know, the 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 wealthy, the connected, the elite. I think. I think we see that as a result when we look back on Afghanistan, it's real clear. But then Ukraine just seems like that's just a big scam from the beginning. It's like, it, you know, that's how it occurs to me. And I think there's a plenty of people who are like, wait, what's happening here? A hundred billion dollars or whatever it is going to this like actor dude and what, what's happening. So I think people are waking up and, and I, I want to comment on one thing when you said the two, two wings are the same bird of prey, because I used to really think that, um, you know, and, and now I realize that we are in a situation where the, the left has academia. They've got, you know, big tech, corporate. They've got um, Hollywood. They've got the mainstream press. And so it, when you look at it in comparison, it's like the, the re Republicans don't have control of those assets to be able to shape culture in people's minds the way that the left does. And so I see the left as the bigger threat. You know, I, I definitely think with Republicans, a lot of times it's just trying to stop the bleeding and just trying to buy time so that maybe we can create a little bit more freedom in our states or whatever it is. But but yeah, I mean, I, I do think there's a lot of people waking up and and I do think there's going to be some ramifications as a result of this election that might be able to stem the tide of some of the, the things that have been going on in the Biden administration. I mean, they, the left does have the media, but I think the right the right has the people. At least lately. Yep. Well, at least you can tell the right has the people because with all the the kids stuff going on, you can tell the moms are showing up, and you can feel like, oh, the left is they got the media. We can't beat the media, but the Instagram, the memes, you know who's winning. Where it's like, oh, dude, this is what the people <laughs> yeah. want. Uh yeah. so 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 what, what you know? We have to talk in terms of R's and D's, so like people understand what parties. But in reality, it's all. George Bush death cult. That's what it really is, stemming from the the Bush dynasty. That you know, we talked about us on last show. Like they put Clinton in. They they've they've been controlling. It's like a globalist, satanic globalist movement. And you know, Ron Paul probably was a big part of this. That th there was something happened in the Republican Party in the in the election of. Of, uh, of Obama where they went, okay, we've lost a lot of the country. Because I don't know if you guys remember this, but there were like political analysts who were saying that Republicans will never win anything again. They, they, the, the quote was, the Republican Party has ceased to be a national party. They were calling it a regional party of the South. Right. what they were saying it had become on CNN. And, and let's get into what why that is, because, again, the, the news is controlled by the globalists, right? And they were making everybody in the Republican Party look stupid. And so, and you know, 
And so everyone's like, I'm out. But then something happened, and, and two things happened. One, I feel like the Republicans went, okay, we love God, right? We're into God, but we also understand that we're going to take a position of live and let live. If you're not going to hurt people, in particular children, we're going to let you live your life. And I think that ran off a lot of the crazies that were causing nationally the Republican Party to look look like a bunch of hate mongers. Like, you know, uh, queers are going to burn in hell and all that stuff for the longest time. And that that part of the Republican Party is always there. It, it, and you saw yeah. it for a brief second with Roe versus Wade. And, you know, it's like, and listen, dude, uh, you know, I mean, we've, you know, this crowd knows my opinion on, on, on that, so I don't need to get into it again. But they, they ran off the crazies, in my humble opinion. They're still there, though. They are there, yeah, but Matt, the majority Matt Walsh of the was people... was just on Rogan, and he was like, oh, I don't want gays still getting married. And, and Rogan's like defending back. I'm like, do you, why do you care about that still? Yeah. like just to, He's like, I don't even want them hanging out in the hospital. I'm like, that's not marriage. Yeah, I'm like, and that, and, they're there. The crazies are there. The crazies are there. They are there. But most people... Yeah, and I- Go on. Sorry, well, I was I was just going to say I think you know we the we still don't know the full measure of what happened in this last election you know and, and just just yesterday, but um you know it seems like a lot of the more strident Republican messaging for the like really um, hardline stuff on pro life you know you know banning abortion and stuff that stuff didn't play well and and so I think you are pointing at something that like the Republican Party is actually. I think is is less in that sort of, uh, you know, aggressive side of things that I think made it very difficult for it to be an open live and let live live tent that it used, you know, that was true, you know, many years ago or even in the 2000s. And I think it's definitely got more of a libertarian bent. I think you look at a guy like Blake Masters, who is, you know, very libertarian in many, many aspects and, you know, knows Ron Paul, was endorsed by Ron Paul. So I definitely think that is true. Like the Republican is a, some people are finding the Republican party as more welcoming and like, Hey, you don't want to throw me in a camp and you don't want me to lock me in my house and you don't want to hurt my kids. Well, that's, you know, that, that goes a long way. I, I, yeah. And I, we saw that. I think that is really resonating with people. And, you know, like I, I think people, if you really got down to it in the Republican party, probably would be like, I'm a libertarian. I'm a libertarian, but I can't say I can't vote libertarian because then I would allow the Democrats to take over everything. So that's why we're stuck in this two party system, because if you if you diversify on one side and the other side says, no, we're going to stay here, uh, you're going to get lit up. So you have to, like, find these candidates within your party. But, yeah, it is it, it is. Uh, the, the two wings of the, uh, the same bird in in some ways for sure but not all of them are like that at all and i do believe that you're starting to see that the republican party is moving towards more libertarian without calling themselves libertarian and the democratic party is completely controlled by crazies that older liberals cannot come to grips with and that's a big problem. I, I hate to tell everybody, but you talk to libert you talk to liberal comics, they'll tell you that red states are better to perform in. They just are. Blue states suck. I, I can't tell you how many times I go to a blue state and I do stand up and a white chick is crying by the end of my set. Cause cause sarcasm <laughs> is violence. Right? Well, I- 
And, uh, you know, being a comic man, I'd really love to hear your thoughts on this, because one thing that, you know, we saw like comedy friggin' die under Trump, you know, it's like and it's a myriad of factors. But one thing that occurred to me was that in many ways, you know, the establishment media and establishment Hollywood and whatever, they were they were spending all of their energy, you know, making fun of Trump, right? Which on one hand seems like you're punching up, but in reality, Trump was representing sort of the blue collar regular guy. And so in a lot of ways, the comedy during the Trump era was punching down at like the people that Trump represented in, in the media, you know, the Hollywood and entertainment industry and whatever, we're, we're making jokes uh, against Trump and they cease to be funny pretty fast, you know, and then they aren't able to speak in, you know, woke stuff has made it so that, you know, we can't, the, the films I grew up watching in the eighties and nineties, man, you can't make them anymore. And a lot of people are very, very, they see that. And so comedy is, is one of these places that I think I'm optimistic that we can see a resurgence of like authentic, honest comics who hopefully can make their their money and revenue and support outside of the system um you know so i i do th- i do see some optimism there and, and, but i do think that comics yeah I, I would see that they would play better to republican or red states because of the the woke factor i have stopped performing at regular shows in los angeles i just have the crowds yeah. listen i have been in the trenches battling for respect for los angeles for a very long time i've sat there and go oh you're you say that because you just you're just not doing well out here uh but ma'am we are in the dumbest time ever the dumbest of dumb are out here uh we see it by voting you know it's like we were just talking about that online gaming got shut down why would online gaming get shut down why would that get shut down it got destroyed in california because 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 two things. One, gaming is associated with white guys and straight men gambling, right? Yeah. That's a strike. And two, they're like, children might gamble. In the state, that's allowing children to come get sex changes without their parents' permission. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I, I really think those those Native... Because what happened was the Native Americans right. with the, the, on the, on okay. the reservations thought, okay, this is a challenge to tribal gaming. So they... In addition to having their own bill where they could legalize, yeah, gaming, they fucked themselves. They also went really hard against the statewide gaming uh, yeah. prop, yeah, and killed both of them. Yeah, just they were both they them. greed just killed them. And but- he's right because the same thing happens with online poker. The reason there's no online poker is the reservations yeah. assume that if people play online, no one's going to go to the casinos. Yeah. You're stupid. That's how people like start liking shit. Yeah, start liking some old oh, some kids. People starts- like the shiny lights. Yeah, it's a great place to bring your daughter. Exactly. I mean, your yeah, your family, women in your life, we'll say, right? But, so, um, yeah, I mean, that's just where did, it's, it's just. Did that gaming thing just happen? Was that was that something? That was just literally something got voted on last night. Yeah. Oh my god. Now, Johnny. Yeah. Well, last question, then we'll get into your movie because people are like I, I, I really want to get because Q is a very hot topic on this show. And Johnny, did the did the did the measure that was going to make hotels put homeless people up i try i had to, i couldn't understand what they were telling us so sadly i voted against any homeless measure <laughs> just to make sure that i i didn't get the 
uh, the the hot the hotels had to give up. Uh, well, the one the the measure that would require hotels in L.A. to provide vacant rooms to homeless people is going to go before voters next year. Okay. Or no, next I'm sorry, in 2024. Okay. All right. Then, uh, well, I'm believe, sorry, but, homeless well, there people. Was I voted a, against but there everything. was a homeless provision in that in the online gaming thing. It's probably what you're thinking of. I no, still no, can't no, believe Gavin knew someone. Well, dude, again, who did he run against? I know, but it's just like... Who do no, I know, and like, it makes me think that this is when we get into two, two wings of the same bird. Why wasn't anyone talking about the Republican guy? Even in the, even in the independent media, it never resonated with anybody. It was, it was almost like they kept that election so quiet and made you focus on the L.A. mayor yeah. election and not the governor election. Cause that guy, and he got a, he got a million something votes, but even that was like what four million people voted for governor out of thirty six or, or forty million people. <laughs> it's crazy, dude. It's crazy. But so I I I think on local levels, elections mean something. That's my humble opinion. And that's where the power is, whether it's your, your school boards. I vote anybody city council, vote against, vote against, vote against. Last That's all I said <laughs> I do was voting against, voting against, voting against. That was the lesson we learned the first time Ron Paul lost because he got really screwed by the party machinery the first time around. And the next time around, we were like, all right, we're taking over the party then. And, that, and then they got screwed even harder <laughs> the second yeah. time around. Yeah. But that was the lesson we learned was to make it local. So you, so what made you – you did a movie called Q Sent Me. Tell me a little bit about it. Well, um, you know, this movie kind of – I accidentally got made because we were out on the road covering the Stop the Steal movement to make a film called The Steal, which we haven't made, finished yet because what ended up occurring was, you know, January 6th changed everything. You know, um, and, and just to give you a sense, you know, I was in, you know, I was following with cameras, Ali Alexander and a lot of the people that were, were close to him across the country after the 2020 election, all the rallies, all of the different things. We were making a documentary about it. And while we were on that journey, we ran into this sort of interesting guy, the horned face paint guy. We ran into him out in Arizona and in, in November. Then we ran into him in D.C. in December. And, and so in, in December, we just sat down and interviewed him as part of this film we were making on the Stop the Steal movement. We were just like, hey, man, tell us why you're out here, all this. And so we interviewed him, didn't think much of it, didn't think we'd see him again. And so then we were there filming on January 6th, um, you know, the Trump rally, all of that stuff. And and then everything happened that happened. And uh, me and uh, Paul Eskendone, who's, you know, my filmmaking partner and, and some of our guys who were on the team filming that day on Jan 6th, you know, we're, we're there on the Capitol grounds, you know, outside of the Capitol, seeing what's going on. And then, and suddenly the the internet starts popping off with this crazy looking guy who made it into Mike Pence's chair in the Senate. And, and we, we looked at each other and we're like, Oh my God, that's Jake. You know, that's the guy we interviewed a couple weeks ago. And, and, and long story short, it, it, we were like, well, let's text him and see if he'll tell us what, what happened. Like, will he sit down and do an interview with us? So, you know, we did, we happened to have the connection with him cause we had interviewed him before, you know? And so when we texted him, you know, he's like, sure, I'll, I'll talk to you. So on January 7th, the next morning, uh, he sat down and he just told us his whole story. And what he, what some of the things he was telling us, we just couldn't believe it. We were like, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. You know, he was talking about how, you know, he walked through an open door. He talked about how he got 
in the Senate chair and led a bunch of guys in prayer, like in the Senate. We're like, what? And so none of the footage had really come out to support any of what he had said at that point. And so we sat down and interviewed him. We had a sense that he was going to be in big trouble, but he had no idea. I he have did. no idea. He said he had no idea. He uh, had no idea. He, I had my spider senses tingling about that day. And we were yeah, here. We were here yeah. in the studio. I remember watching well, it. I, I everyone's like, you go in, you go in, you go in, you go in. And I'm like, something tells me that something about this does not sit well with me. And I just had my kids. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going. I have to stay home and take care of my kids, which I did have to do. I the mom needs help. It's like two baby twin girls. You know, it's very hard to leave them alone. So I uh I said, "You know what? I can't make it." And I'm happy I didn't because they were just snagging people who were just in the vicinity now, dude, uh, uh, of something. They're just labeling you with some crazy shit. Would and- they have wild you up? You think you would have been inside? No, I, 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 there's no I, way. Even if you were there, there's no way. No, the, dude. No, no way, bro. I'm a guy who's like, I, I'm a guy who's like, let's see how this plays out. Sam, I'll be right over here. I yeah. want to agree with you, but we were at the fucking save the children, open the country, and you were yelling at people. Yeah, but that that was that was different. <laughs> that was different because I feel that like I I felt like why do they want us all here? I felt that from the start. Why did they want us all here? Which yeah. one are you talking about? Well, the January 6th. All right, real quick, we want to take a moment to give a shout out to our sponsor, Helix Sleep. Uh, and here is a word from Helix Sleep. Hey, everybody, I want to tell you about our good friends at Helix Sleep. I love Helix Sleep, okay? Helix is the premium mattress brand that provides tailored mattresses based on unique sleep preferences. The Helix lineup include 14 unique mattresses, including a collection of luxury models, a mattress for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress made for just kids, okay? So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? Take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find the perfect mattress in two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night risk-free trial. Try out your new Helix mattress, see how your body adjusts, and if you decide it's not the best fit, you're welcome to return it for a full refund. Everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. They have models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. They have models with more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions. Plus, they have enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And that's one thing I do, boy, I overheat. I've always said that about about you bro always okay i took the helix sleep quiz and i matched with the midnight helix midnight medium feel pressure point relief side sleeper support i'm a sl- side sleeper dude no not only is this mattress the best i've slept on but it's also set way fast way easy okay helix mattress delivered in a box and straight to my door for free. Plus, Helix mattresses are American-made and come with a 10- or 15-year warranty, depending on the model. And remember, you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. If you don't love it, but we know you will, 
they will come and pick it up for you and give you a full refund. Yeah, it's just that simple. So here's what you want to do. Here's what we're offering. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash tinfoil with Helix. Better sleep starts now. Really, Sorry, really quickly. You, you buy everything about his background, though? Because, I mean, we've heard in the past that people who think he's you know a pay, he's paid like actor. an agent provocateur yeah. paid actor you know these yeah. tattoos he has people are just like that's blah 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 that's shady shit his sister well, had to come out and defend him yeah that's a, that's a that's a great question and you know what's what's really interesting is on the evening of january 6th the the way that we you know i ran into him on the street after the riot he was in front of the jw marriott hotel and i ran into him and he was he was um, still in his makeup. You know, this is like 7 p.m. at night or whatever. It's dark out. And there was MAGA people all around him saying, like, are you Antifa? Are you, we saw you at a BLM rally, all of this stuff, because there was a media narrative already taking shape around him, right? Like, Jake couldn't get out in front of the memes, man. Like, he, he, he didn't even know this media narrative was shape, taking shape. And so people heard a lot of things about him. Well, we didn't know. Uh but, you know, we haven't we didn't just interview Jake. We then decided to go out. We, you know, uh, interviewed his family, activists in Arizona. I mean, we've we've likely got the largest cache of video footage about this guy that exists on the planet right now. And and what we found out was that Jake had been doing activism out in Arizona way before for the stop the steal rallies he was actually doing um anti-child trafficking rallies out there and then he was counter protesting blm rallies when that was happening so there's this whole idea that he was at blm events was like well wait a minute what was he doing there and so we found people who supported that side of the story and we found things to support that side of the story that in fact he is you know in many ways uh, you know, his name's Jacob Chansley, uh, is what his name is. And in many ways, he's a, a typical QAnon supporter or somebody who's gone deep down all the conspiracy rabbit holes for a long time. Right. So Jake could sit there and talk about the federal reserve, the globalists, the vaccines, uh, Bilderberg, you know, like if there is some sort of conspiratorial idea that has to do with the globalist one world government, um, you know, uh, the elites drinking children's blood and being pedophiles, whatever it is, Jake is like super well versed on it. And he can sit there and go chapter and verse with this information. And so when we talked to him, we were like, this guy's really smart. He's really well spoken. He has some really unconventional ideas. But, you know, because we had interviewed him before the January 6th, we had already spent some time with him. And so the idea that he was violent or the idea that he was a leftist, like didn't jive for us because we'd had that previous experience. And so, um, and the other thing I'll say is one of the things that's been really instructive for us is that he, we sat with him for over an hour on January 7th and he worked us through all of the events of the day. There is not a single thing that he said that day that has turned out to, to be false from a standpoint of like, we've in the film Q sent me, we've got the video, the documentation that shows the things that, he did and the things that he said. And so, you know, when Trump did his video on January 6th, you know, he put that Twitter video out and um, he's like, everybody needs to go home. The election was stolen. I know you're mad, but you need to go home. <laughs> you know, 
Jake then took his bullhorn and started walking around telling everybody to go home. He's like, President Trump says you need to go home. We got to listen to the president. And he told us that that happened. And I was like, what? Really? And sure enough, we come across the video and it's like, wow, he really actually did that. And so, you know, his story has added up as we've been making this film for, you know, like 18 months at this point. And um, and so, you know, I think that Jake is he's a he's. He's a real patriot, as he would call himself, you know, basically uh, a MAGA, fully dedicated Trump supporter, um, but fully also into Q, because when we interviewed him on January 7th, he still believed Trump was going to be inaugurated two weeks later. I lost money on that. What's that? (laughs) I lost money on that. I I made quite a lot of money on that, too. Yeah. That was was good times. It's just... For most people who saw January 6th, no one in the right mind is like, oh, yeah, but Trump is still going to be inaugurated after this. It's like, no, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you're right. They're still thinking the Q drops. They're still trusting the plan. You know? Okay, so let's get into that real quick, because that's a heated discussion on this show as well. Uh, my whole theory on Q is, and I, I sometimes I don't think Johnny truly understands what I'm saying, but my whole theory on Q is this. That the information, most of the information that was put out had to be real to get the most paranoid people on the planet to believe into it. And that you slip in the crazy just enough to discredit and and put people off the path, right? So, like, like, so when all this stuff about Jeffrey Epstein came out, when all this stuff about Ukraine and all this stuff about Hunter Biden and all this stuff about Syria and all this stuff about servers and Russian collusion and Russiagate all came out, the people who'd followed Q already knew all that stuff. And I had said at one point that they would, they're going to, if they're going to annihilate, they're going to just destroy the whole thing, which is what later would happen with COVID. Why wouldn't you just put it out? Just throw it out. Because everything's going to be completely redone after this. So who gives a shit? And you put the crazy stuff like trust the plan, all this stuff, you know, patriots in control, all this stuff to to keep some people away, to discredit it, and to get some people a little bit off the path. Can I just say, really quickly before you move on, you make it sound like most of it was real and then they put in the crazy. Most of it was nonsense gobbledygook to me and then there were some things that were true that you seem to be remembering more they're more prominent in your mind than the things that were just gobbledygook that didn't come to pass all these dates and predictions and jailing you know arrests coming up that's what i like in johnny's defense like the one i know for sure got everybody was save the children save the children how you anti q and was save the children you an anti? There was no, there was no not defending that. That's one of the ones where I'm. I, yeah. I remember. Right. With that say the right. show, there was so many queuing on. It was but, uh, but, where we go. Oh, we go. What was but, it? But 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 Nexium, which is what they talked about, turned out to be true. Yep. Jeffrey Epstein is what they talked about, turned out to be true. All of that was known before the cases came forward. Five thousand Q drops. Yeah, again, Johnny, there was craziness in there. To dis- It's like what Alex Jones is. You look at Alex Jones's record, he's bad 900. But the, the, the 100 that, that well, he's I, off I put, of? I put Alex Jones way ahead of Q and But I. okay, that's fine. But it's like he does <laughs> say crazy stuff to run off a bunch of people. That's kind of what the, it, it happens. So what is your thoughts? What is your thoughts on Q? 
Well, it's interesting you mentioned Jones because uh, in in this series, it's just, it's a three part series. The Q sent me is a three part series. We're dropping the first episode in just a couple of days, and um, there's a scene in there when because Jake on his way home from D.C. to Phoenix, Arizona on January seventh, he went on the Alex Jones show, and so we have you know Jake on the Alex Jones show, and Alex Jones like obliterated him. He was like. You Q guys are full of shit. I never believed you from the beginning, blah, blah, blah. And he's going off on him because, you know, Jones wasn't and isn't a Q guy. You know, Jones believes all of the conspiracy theories. And like you said, his batting average is really, really good. But it's interesting to note that Jones never was really embracing the Q stuff. Um, And so to me, that's kind of interesting because, um, you know, but he would say uh, retarded shit like I yeah, talked yeah. to Q and he told me that you know and I'm like yeah. okay bro okay I mean yeah. it could easily be uh, an intelligence operation but my whole point is that the information a lot of it had yeah. to be true to yeah, get how, these how parano- much of that information was actually actionable not in hindsight but at the time how many of it had details that meaning actually- like oh okay uh obama's been arrested at uh in, in guantanamo yeah, or how many of it yeah, actually named names shit. and wasn't just like generic like their kids but there's a lot there. of shit like i mean i'm just saying the Jeffrey Epstein stuff, the Nexium stuff. But did they name Jeffrey Epstein before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were talking about the Brothmans and Nexium no, way yeah, before. I, that's all I'm saying. I'm saying to I, dismiss it all as cuckoo crazy is is nuts. And for me, I don't think they were the source though. I think they were just repeating stuff that other. I don't think they were the maybe, source for that information. But a lot but, of people learn stuff off it. What What are your thoughts on Q into the storm? Uh, well, so yeah, th- th- let me let me preface this by saying I've never not been a Q guy. Like meaning, uh, I didn't believe that Q was you know top secret information. I thought it was likely an intelligence op or COINTELPRO type thing yeah. at some level. And part of the reason I believe that is because anytime you uh, get together any large group of people that have anti-establishment beliefs, whether it's on the left. The right, you've got to assume it's infiltrated in some one hundred percent. And so, for me, that's how I saw it from the beginning, right? And so, I have not been somebody that has believed that that the person running it or whatever, like, and maybe it began one way and it got taken over by an op or whatever. So, I. I, I have yet to believe like that any of the people that have been proposed to BQ or whatever really are. And I think it's, I think it's got all of the in- indications of being an op um, in, in a way it, it took people and put them, it neutralized them on one hand. On the other hand, a lot of the people who are really deep into Q are also some of the people who brought the least, all of this, uh, the credibility problems with the stop the steal movement, when you started getting into all of the crazy stuff that like, I would say Mike Lindell and, you know, uh, Lynn Wood and all these people were talking about, about the white hat battle in Europe and whatever. And it's like, that took people's focus away from the actual things that could have been wrong with the election, like unconstitutional laws being passed by the secretary of state, um, chain of custody, all of these things that are more legitimate, you know, these things overshadowed it. And I'm like, who did that serve? Right. So 
I think that Q is like an op. I think uh, at least that's where it ended up. I think it neutralized the, the Patriot movement, you know, to a certain degree. And I think it prevented um, people from really understanding what was what was at play um, around them regarding Trump and the obstacles he faced, you know, for the four years he was there. So uh, that's kind of my, you know, personal view on, on the, I the whole understand. thing. I understand. I just want to say that this is my whole thing. The whole thing was that they, they and listen, the Q being an op 100% could be real. But what, what, like for me, so much of this has to be based in a reality, right? And I'm just going to say this. I think there's this belief that the Q, Q made people passive. All right. But I, what I'm telling you is that this, this demographic of the mega or the, the new Republicans that we're talking about, they do, they do it right, and I'll tell you what they do. And I say it all the time, and, and you guys can give me shit if you want, guys on the show, for sure, I don't care. But, like, they do they did what you're supposed to do. They pulled their time, their effort, their money, their attention into the mainstream media, and it's collapsed, dude. They pulled it out of the fucking Hollywood. It's collapsed, You don't Matt. think that movement, though, was already in place, and it was maybe even blunted by Q? I don't know. I really don't know. I really don't know because we were getting told something was going to happen with Russiagate, and then we saw that the news was telling us another thing, and this side was proven right over a long time, and this side wasn't. And maybe, maybe they want to make it so none of us get any of the same information, which is definitely a possibility. But, uh, like, I'll say with Kenosha, right? Like, Kenosha's a great example of, like, shit can pop off, but when these guys show up, it's like the adults show up and everyone goes the fuck home. That's what happens. That's what happens. They don't they don't get involved, man, until shit starts getting close to their family and their businesses. And then they show up, the guns come out, and the fucking playtime's over. That's my humble opinion. That's what Kenosha was. People keep, oh, man, you were going against Black Lives Matter. No, they weren't, bro. Those people were guarding Indian fucking used car dealership ran by two indians and that's why he got no time so i mean like that's what i'm no saying time, like you watch it house? happen in real time is like that's to me is like this side and i'm not a republican i'm just saying this conservative group of people this is how they do it man they pull their money out they pull their attention out and this whole thing is just crumbling because we've seen it been it's been co-opted by the globalists that's my humble opinion and old school liberals like myself relate more to this new school conservative than we do the progressives but we've talked about how do they care about the money when when when, when they pulled the money out of Netflix for um cuties they still kept cuties up yeah, but but like, do dude, they care about the money? That's the thing. Is like something we've do. talked about. Be, it. Listen, it's not about the money, but it's about the attention, and like the power of Netflix to persuade is dead. The power of MTV to persuade is dead. CNN is dead. MSNBC dead. Fox News is barely hanging on. But they they the dude the, everyone's like the media is not the media is the YouTube now and Twitter and these blogs that's like when you agree Jason I mean like you're part of this new media that I think has way more power than fucking what's his face on CNN the the yeah the gay yeah. futuristic robot Anderson Cooper <laughs> well it, it, it's 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 number one there's generational aspects to this right like there's still 
plenty of boomers sit in front of their television and, you know, uh, consume in that way. Yeah, and I'm with and, one. And then from an entertainment standpoint, and I know you've had Clint from Liberty Lock, Lockdown on here before, yeah, I believe. Great. And he talks about ESG, man. And you start getting into the depths of like ESG and everything that's going on there. And then you're like, wait, how much does actual market share matter to these guys? Like what's happening in the background that's uh, allowing them to ignore market forces and continue to be, you know, really this indoctrination, you know, platform. Right. And so uh, on one hand, I agree and I'm optimistic because I say, you know, the decentralization Listen, this is why they had to shut down all the accounts after Jan 6. This is why they had to crush, have had to crush dissent during COVID. They had to get, you know, rid of anything that was counter narrative. Like there's, there's, they're, they're scared. They don't like it. It, it makes it more difficult for them to uh, accomplish what they want to accomplish. But, but we, we still are in a David and Goliath battle, I think, with the, the mainstream old school media and the power elite. So yeah, I think we're winning some battles. I think, you know, the war is far from being, being won. And um, I'm not sure what it's going to take because, you know, because of how big the biggest media platforms are. I mean, it's very difficult for somebody, you know, like myself, when I lost my Twitter account, I had 4,000 followers. Like, I can't become big uh, and I've, I've lost YouTube, all that. I can't grow yeah. an audience unless yeah. I self-censor the entire way. And yeah. so they've made it difficult for new voices to rise up, new creators. Some people who are big enough, they're too big to cancel right now. That's great. I'm glad those people are out there. But um, And, and that, that might not even be true, but I, it seems like it. But But now it's difficult for new creators and new ideas to even get an audience because they've got to self-censor to build the audience. Uh, I I agree with you. I agree with you. I do think, I do think there are mechanisms that are are falling apart. I do. Uh, Facebook, yeah. Facebook. Uh, uh, I mean, we've seen that. People Radio, are talking. Radio's pretty down. Radio's down. Television's down. I mean, like, look at what happened with uh, Amazon and their Lord of the Rings or whatever that thing, the Ring of Power, dude. That thing bottomed out man and i mean i don't know man i just think people are waking up to this shit more and more and more i could be wrong but i i just i think the mechanism it's getting harder and harder for them to astroturf shit with us it's getting harder and harder man and you're gonna have hotbeds like california and new york which are big populations totally deep-throating this cultural marxism for fucking sure you know, I mean, it's and that's why I'm like, maybe it needs to get really bad, really bad in those places for them to really start to finish it where their daddy's money can't save them anymore. And that's why I think. But man, if you think Netflix has to say Netflix is all over the world, that's why they have money. But the but the Netflix in America is not doing well. It's not doing well. They got everyone to compete with. They're so competing with yeah. all these other people, and people are just like, I don't need you if you're going to have cuties. Facebook, they're like, oh, yeah, man, and we put $34 billion in the metaverse. Or everyone's tired of your censorship. I mean, look at Twitter. Twitter, like, dude, there's something going on on Twitter. I have no faith in Elon Musk being uh, the savior of anything, but something seems to be going on over there that people are like, hey, dude. All these bots are starting to go away, and obviously, you know, we've had some people uh, still get fucked by him. I mean, like, you know, but time things take time. 
I just think yeah. we're we're winning. That's just my humble opinion. Yeah, and I wanted to just say something about those platforms because right after January 6th, you know, we put our trailer out into the world. It got shut down, but we knew we had a story that had um you know, the Netflix scroll, like, you know, it was like Tiger King of politics. It's like, we got this guy and we knew people were interested, wanted to see it. We, we had meetings set with the biggest streaming platforms. We had different offers come from different net news networks to get the footage. Those, those networks just wanted to use it and make him into the Osama bin Laden of Jan six. Um, we, somebody at Netflix said they were offended. This got pitched to them because he's the Osama bin Laden of Jan six. That's not the story at all. And from a standpoint of like, you know, marketability we felt like at that time you know especially at post post jan 6 when it first happened that there was a lot of people who were curious you know and that the film really had had marketability but we got shot shut down at every turn sometimes the project would get to the highest levels in some of these networks we had a champion inside that was like this is a great story and they were like nope we're not touching it unless it's going to be you know, on the narrative, unless it's, it's not, they're not going to touch something that might 100%. remotely make Trump look good or not make this guy. It, they didn't want us to make this guy sympathetic. And I was like, you can't watch this and not have him be sympathetic in a way because of, of who he is and what the real story is. So we refuse to surrender creative control. We're like, we want to tell an authentic story about this guy, get it out there. And so that's why we're at movies, movies plus. Us because they're plus. actually a free speech platform. Like they care about telling both sides. And so we're like, that's fine. We're going to get it out in the world. You know, probably not going to make the money we'd like to make, but who knows? We really hope so. We hope people are curious enough that they want to find the film, watch it and think that the work that we've done is good and, and needs to be shared. I mean, we'll think about uh, how good, what is a woman doing on the daily yeah. wire, but you need a platform yeah. like that. Yeah, I think more and more stuff. I mean, I have my issues with uh, of course. Ben Shapiro yeah, I mean, yeah, of and course. what he really represents, and uh, but they are giving people uh, platforms that the other side won't give. Now I they get got movies like actual movies that have nothing to do with like politics, yeah. just movies. I mean, there's a little bit That's of a I fucking narrative. I have some issues with his political views, and like I don't want I. I want both sides to be represented. I don't want either one side to dominate. That's my hope for Twitter is that because, you know, and he I, has I've a chance to that, do that. And he said a few times now he's starting to, you know, that's been my hope from the beginning that he gets in the video and he's, he's starting to edge that way. If you, if you read the tweets, so. I mean, dude, he did a, he That'd did a, what's it called on Twitter spaces? Yeah. A hundred thousand people yeah. listened. Damn. Yeah. A hundred thousand people. That's the only, I mean, the they could companies, really unseat Big companies YouTube. were watching like companies, companies that have money behind them were watching. I was like, holy shit. And he's, uh, according to him and I've seen nobody dispute it yet. He's gotten the most traction Twitter's ever gotten. I mean, the guy is just a gravitational force. Are you by everything they're telling? You know that oh, people are leaving in droves. You know that's what you're saying. What about the eight ninety nine? What do you guys think about the eight ninety nine? What's seven ninety nine or seven ninety nine? We have to pay for Twitter. Pay for Twitter or pay for the blue check mark? Yeah, he's yeah, for the check mark. I don't really care. I, I don't. I've been told a thousand times, dude, you need a blue check mark. Go fuck yourself. I don't need I don't need anybody to tell me I'm special. I don't need it. I'm not going to play it. And the and the fact that they're freaking out just lets you know what bullshit that fucking that that little blue check mark. I would is. be okay though, wouldn't you, Sam? Because this is something you talk. But Johnny, about. Johnny, you paying eight bucks? He has his art. I already pay for it. 
Okay, respect. Because because of the undo thing and the ad Twitter, because you won't be able to get that if I was. It was only like two dollars before, but I did it because I could get undo. I use that undo thing all the time. I do bro. undo too. Yeah, dude. Well, you pay Edits? for it too, then. Yeah. Yeah, I pay no. four bucks. Yeah, Edits? so you pay for it too. Then. Yeah, you already have it. But, but I don't. I'm what 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 what, th- what he was talking about with this impersonation thing? I I wish they were using verification to get people to use their real fucking names. Like that to me. Well, you know, as a guy that great. puts his name on everything, uh, you know, I'm part of the truth community that thinks this is part of uh, social credit score. But as somebody who has done it, I don't care. I I do think we have allowed a lot of cyber bullying going on because people can fake their names. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you would clean up all the trolling. And only the real tough guys would be able to do it if you had to. And Facebook, for the most part, makes you use that. But as a comic, you what do you you don't think trolls should be allowed? You don't think someone should go allowed and fuck around and find out on a fake account? I just think the blue check mark should be real. Like if you want to be a a real person, you gotta show your ID and be like, okay, now you get a blue yeah, check mark. But they're you not. Can't talk they're shit just now. using it. It's pretty clear to me that they're using the blue check mark to raise money. Yeah, and not. They're using d- it. My to get dad money. said, never hate anybody for making a dollar. Yeah, you have to. You have to make a business. Relevant. I, the blue check mark is so stupid to me. I don't even care. But the notion that you could make up a fake profile and just go and terrorize people, just I'm sorry, bro. I mean, like, I'm not saying you. I'm not saying Xavier Guerrero can't go to Sam Tripoli and talk mad shit. Go talk mad shit. Do it all you want to. Just put your name on it. Because if you're a big boy talking big boy shit, come talk big boy shit. But let me know who you are. Why can't you have my name on Because the reason I, I say, because I sometimes appreciate those comments that I know a fucker wouldn't say if he didn't have that. And it just well, gets me a laugh. It just gets my laugh. And that's well, what I mean. Well, you haven't had like, certain things happen to you. I do think that, the, that this verification and paid for verification, like... We know that the intelligence agencies have a bunch of sock puppet accounts. They've got they're running different disinfo on Twitter, have been stuff's coming out about that and the access that they've had and everything. So I do think that the the eight dollar thing is a little bit of a skin in the game, uh, you know, opportunity that can clean up some of the bot stuff um, that that might be able to uh, make it so that some of the, you know, counterintelligence that's happening um, and things like that, uh, you know, they're not going to pay eight bucks or if it is, it's like, Oh, well then, you know, uh, the department of Homeland security's credit card is attached to all these accounts or whatever. So I don't know. I mean, I kind of support it. I just want my original account back so I can get verified. I want to get Sam Triplett. (laughs) I don't care about verification. I just want my name back. And me too. Listen, dude, you want to talk shit? I like talk shit, bro. I mean, go for it. You would want to be verified, though, if there were a bunch of other Sam Tripoli, too, you know? I mean, if there were a bunch of people pretending to be you, then there is yeah. va- there is value to verification. Yeah. That was what it was meant to be Not, for originally. Like if, it's, if it's validation that anybody can get, meaning the guy who works over the, yeah, over yeah, yeah. at some fucking uh, choo-choo chickens can get val- verified that that's his guy, then yeah, I'm fine well, with it. They're, but they're not. I just wish they had tied it to actually you proving that's your license. You are, you know? Your license. That's what I was saying. Like, your license. You just show up your license. Okay, that's you. now. that's your account. And You're all the so-and-so. people in this is like, it's all cred- social credit score. Bro, they already know who you are. Yeah. They already <laughs> have it all. They know who you are. It's like, this is just stopping fucking abuse. 
So that's all I'm saying. All right, real quick before we keep uh, we keep going, uh, if you guys could, man, just go to samtriplee.com, jump on the newsletter. We're going to start cranking that out. You know, I, I mean, like, Instagram is coming after me for nothing all the time. Face, uh, Facebook just told me I can't do ads. It's it's all coming. So just go to uh, samtriplee.com. Please, please jump on my email list. We're going to start sending out emails, letting you know about all the podcasts out, all the videos out, and all my tour dates and anything these guys are doing as well. Uh, also, go to the website. If you want to support the show, and this is how this show survives, is go and check out Rockfin. We have three different, we have five different shows on there. Five different shows for $10 a month. You get all the shows, okay? You got Tim Fall Hat. I do, I do AMAs. I do only conspiracies. I'm going to start doing more AMAs on there. I love doing those. Zero is my spiritual podcast. Come, if you're going to listen to Tim Fall Hat, you better listen to Zero because it'll help you deal with all the craziness. And then the number one debate show between binary, binary men is called Conspiracy Social Club with Brian Kell and Sam Tripoli. Everyone loves it. Check it out. I do four, uh, six of those episodes total. Just that, just those three shows. Six whole episodes a week for $10 a month. Plus, you get first look at Broken Sim, mm. and you get We Don't Smoke yep. the Same. All right? It's $10 on Rockfin. Click a banner, win, okay? Then you also, if you're looking for some uh, uh, investment advice, go to Cash Daddy's Patreon. Just go to uh, patreon.com slash cashdaddies, and you get daily, daily hookups from Howie Dewey. You get bonus content from the show, Cash Daddies. So go Gosh. check it out. It's killing it. It's killing it. We're crushing it. Uh, everyone loves it. So, yeah, that's a great way to support the show. I got a couple things I'd love you to check out on the website as well. Uh, if you go there, you can check out... Tim Fall Hat T-shirts, great way to support the show. Uh, All My Heroes of Shadow Band, the uh, the Lizard People are coming. We just put back up Fuck Your Blue Check Mark, which is perfect timing for all this bullshit going on. So go check that out. $20, make you holler. Great way to support the show. And then check out my cameos. I'm dropping Ooh. Hammer of the Gods on the cameos. Uh, two to three minutes of pure conspiracy fire Anything you want me to talk about, I talk about it. Join me. Join me. Love you. Love you. Join me. Join me. Love you. And that's how we do it up there. And then also, uh, we're very excited. We're getting some uh, affiliated affiliate, affiliation programs. And the first one is Wise Wolf, uh, gold and silver. Click there. Get your gold. Get your silver shipped right to you through Wise Wolf. And real quick, what is your social media? XG marks the spot on any social media. XG marks the spot. And Johnny? Johnny A. Woodard on Instagram. Johnny Woodard on Twitter. I'm at Sam Tripoli on Instagram and uh, Tripoli Official on Instagram. Tim Fall Hat Pod on Instagram. And then uh, Official Tripoli or Tripoli Official on um, Twitter. So always dropping hammers. All right. So, yeah, man, make sure to follow us everywhere you can. So I want to get into January 6th. What is your thought about what January 6th was? Was it a greater attack on America than 9-11? Yeah, 9-11, the Civil War, and Pearl Harbor combined yeah. is what it was. <laughs> and uh, I will tell you a couple of things I can, I can speak to because of, number one, because I was tracking the Stop the Steal movement very, very closely, I was in 
you know, closed door meetings, um, all sorts of things in the lead up to Jan 6, I can tell you absolutely for sure that there was no plot to take over the Capitol uh, that was planned. In fact, um, I was supposed to be filming at a permitted stage off to the side of the Capitol. We had speakers lined up for four or five hours that day while Congress was in session. And um, and so that was the agenda. Um, the walking to the Capitol and mobbing the Capitol and everything was never talked about. Um, there was a, a lot of people that you would know their names on calls uh, before Jan 6, you know, a couple days before talking about what was going to happen. And we were talking about how there's no propane tanks allowed and, you know, how you had to use battery powered PA systems because of the safety and all of this stuff. It, it had, had nothing to do with anything like that. So that's that's number one. Um, number two, um, you know, I was actually I actually filmed one of the first breaches of the barricades because I left in the middle of the Trump speech to go get this stage set up. And I saw the first wave of people go through the barricades. And, you know, I had the moment as a filmmaker. Am I going to wait? I should go up on the hill. Where's this going? And then I looked on the hill and I saw there was like maybe two or three Capitol Police officers standing there. It was on the reflecting pool side of the Capitol. And I looked and there was only just these little metal gates that you could tip over, you know, blocking it. And then I looked behind me and I saw thousands and thousands of people starting to come over. And I just knew immediately I was like, this is going to get out of control. And I can't believe there's no cops here. Like all morning, they knew that there was hundreds of thousands of people already in D.C. Um, You know, I, I just so for me, that felt off to me. I was like immediately thought maybe there was some sort of stand down order immediately thought, did they create sort of a honeypot? And this is even beyond whether or not there's feds or not who are present there, you know, the Ray Epps of the world and other people like that who are, who are purported to be feds, feds. But yeah, so I, I, I looked at it and I was like, this looks a bit like a honeypot to me. And if this gets out of control, I knew what the narrative was going to be. Like I knew that, the narrative it was going to be used to demonize the the you know mega movement and i mean that's just for being around the block for a while you know like i said it's like you just get to rec- recognize like yeah there's going to there's probably feds or informants here um because of the number of people that are here anytime there's a group of people of any size you can almost count on it so you know i think it was a lot of angry mega people who uh, once they got into the Capitol on the Capitol grounds, didn't know what the hell to do. And, you know, depending on where you were, were around the Capitol, you know, on one side of the Capitol, it just looked like the insurrection planned by friggin' National Lampoon's Animal House. I mean, it was huh. like people hanging off, you know, flying their America First flags, like in Groiper and frog costumes and like with crazy stuff, they're just taking pictures. And then the other thing is, is you got to understand most of the people that went into the Capitol, a lot of those people never even been to D.C. and surely never were in the Capitol. And so, you know, I travel a lot. I've been to D.C. a lot, but that's not the average, you know, MAGA boomer. And there was a lot of MAGA boomers there on Jan 6. And it's like some of these people are just like, well, Trump said he's going to the Capitol, you know. And so. I think there was a lot going on. I do think that there was, um, I think there's enough evidence that certain precautions weren't taken by certain people in charge. 
Um, I also think there's some very questionable things we still don't have answers to, like the pipe bomber incident um, at the DNC. Um, we have a lot of conflicting information about who was where um, and a lot of things. And so, um, you know, I think there's a lot of fog of war with January 6th. Um, what I can say is that um, I think that the hundreds of people who were arrested and then put in solitary, I mean, Jake spent over 300 days in solitary Damn. without bail waiting for his opportunity to go before the court. And a lot of that happened because of COVID and, you know, solitary is designed to break people. You have a lot of just regular folks, you know, who weren't dressed up as a shaman, you know, with horns <laughs> who spent days, weeks and months in solitary waiting for a trial. Um, so I, I think that's the other thing that, for me is important about this story is there's a lot of injustices and weaponization of the department of justice against um, people who weren't dangerous, who weren't plotting to assassinate anybody who simply were walking through, uh, you know, the Capitol and their lives have been ruined felonies, um, you know, all of this stuff when we haven't seen that kind of hammer brought down on the left for things that have been potentially similar. Let's just put it that way. And, and one of the things that, I'm just and I bring this up every time because it's just it's just impossible for me to understand the rationale here. But you have Mayor Bowser the day before the thing happened uh, telling and I'm just going to quote here to be clear, the District of Columbia is not requesting other federal law enforcement personnel and discourages any additional deployment without immediate notification. So yeah. they told the, the feds to stand down. Like yeah. they, they I mean, it's I mean, yeah. that's that's. That's suspicious. I mean, this is coming off the 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 fake kidnapping of the Michigan governor, yep. in which what fifteen of the people there are fifteen people involved. Thirteen were Fed informants. Not only Fed informants, but having basically giving them their receipts to cover their expenses. Literally paying for their travel, their hotel, their food. I, yep. I mean, and the three people that were in a were feds have now been convicted. Like, think about that. You know, yeah, I and and speaking of the Whitmer uh, situation, the guy who was running the uh, Michigan field office of the FBI was then promoted to run the D.C. field office, I believe, in October leading up to Jan 6. Uh. So there's a very that's very suspicious, right? It's like, oh, here was a total fed infiltrated op. In, in Michigan, successful, here's how you get promoted. Now you're going to go over the D.C. field office in time to be there for Jan 6. I think it's very suspicious. I think that thing stinks, like, completely. So, absolutely. I, like, like you said, I think they're everywhere. You know that off-the-grid event we did? I guarantee there was some feds there or oh, someone yeah, was inside there. already was – some guy was already asking. So, yeah. Some guy walked up. People go, hey, you know where I can get some fucking – Print guns? Yeah, 3D printed guns. He's actually you know what? Some 3D printed guns? You're like, get out of here, Fed. Yeah. Fed, 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 <laughs> so Fed. Uh, we asking him for for our names. I'll give him my name. Well, what's your last name? Why do you need to know my last name? It's an off-the-grid fucking event. Yeah, dude. That might have been ice, actually. actually. Yeah. Hey, fool, shut up. <laughs> so, so we get into the Ray Epps thing. Like, what is your thoughts on Ray Epps? Well, number one, I'm hoping we can actually interview him. I have a, a, a way to get to him that we're hoping to, to have before we fin finalize this series. Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of suspicious things. And 
I would love for him to be able to clear it up, right? It's like, why was he on the FBI's most wanted list immediately after and then removed? Why is he one of the only guys that we have on video who talked about going into the Capitol, was telling people where to go, was directing people, was present at the first breach of those of those gates, and he's never been arrested, you know? And he's praised by Adam Kitzinger, you know, because he – they, they say he talked to the talk to them. You know, it's like, well, let's hear what he said. Let's find out what's going on here. So you got people who never said to go in the Capitol, people who didn't go in the Capitol who got arrested, you know. And so I, I think the Ray, Ray Epps thing is very curious. I think, um, you know, Ted Cruz has, has done a lot to shine a light on it. And Darren Beatty from Revolver.News has got great articles about it that, again, it's circumstantial because, you know, we don't have all the information, but. Um, you know, yeah, that, that, that seems like a total, total, total fed, or at least, you know, given the job to try to get people marshaled into a certain area, right. That being the Capitol where the, the law enforcement has stood down where we don't have the extra resources where something's probably going to happen. Um, there's also a very weird video of, I believe, Nancy Pelosi being fouled around by a HBO crew, I think it was, on that day. And she's on the phone. And she goes to the window, and she opens a window, and there's somebody on, like, the scaffolding, right? And it looks just like Ray Epps, like waving a flag and yelling something. And it's super creepy because it it fits onto this. this That's when she was talking to the Pence, right? I'm looking for when it. she's on the phone, she's like, Oh, With yeah, pants, right? This sucking guy, this is you know, she, and there's some she goes to the window, and there's some guy who looks just like Ray Epps waving some kind of flag on this fucking Turning now to the investigation into the I can't stand, yeah. And then she goes to the window, let me see if I can find it's like really weird. Let's see if it's she, in this video, right? Yeah, I think so. And they show her at the window, and they're just like it's and like the, the worst part about this is like like Saturday Night Live's betrayal of this shit is work. so bad how they how they play the January sixth tape. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things about Ray Epps that doesn't make sense. Like, why wouldn't you interview him? Why are you trying to associate? January 6th with 9-11. Why are you telling us? So my a big push against the whole January 6th narrative is like everybody who's so offended by January 6th would sit there at nauseum and tell you that we have a, a racist system, a bigoted racist system that is set up to keep the poor poor and minorities down and gays down and women down and whatever group they're trying to make them feel disenfranchised. And uh, and that's why they everyone was totally fine with joining BLM marches, Antifa marches, and burning middle and lower class businesses. Businesses just trying to survive and pay their bills, burning them down. To the point that towards the end of the BLM marches, I would play a game called Find the Black Person in the BLM <laughs> March because they weren't there. They were all white chicks and, and rich white kids. Taking pictures. 
taking pictures and all that shit. And then these same people that were perfectly fine with torching of communities, losing it, losing it when you march on the center of where the system that they're railing against was created. I am not saying storm the Capitol, but I am also saying you can't sit there and tell me that middle and lower class businesses being burnt is somehow you taking it to the man. Because that's not what you're doing. You're playing fucking fun time and having you're doing the purge where you have a day where nobody's getting arrested for committing crimes. And you're going into middle and lower classes and committing crimes and having fun. Yeah, because whenever they stepped into Beverly Hills or any of the fancy places, shit guess what got happened? real. Shit got real. And you they got, got ran back. <laughs> CVS, you want to go loot CVS? Go ahead. You 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 live off of CVS. I'm not segment. even worried about c- corporations. I'm worried about mom and pop stores that they fucking torched. I agree to that, but still, when you fuck up your own CVS in your neighborhood, how fucking smart is that? Like, are I, you? Are you I will retarded? give you that. Like, go to the one in Beverly Hills. Like, you you you're gonna end up. Using but like, that when one they tomorrow. go after Target, everyone's like, "Can you believe they hit the Target?" You mean the thing owned by Soros? Yeah. What are your thoughts on that long rant I just did? I thought it was pretty profound. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think I think a lot of people see that. You know, I think that the Jan 6 narrative that's been pushed and the Jan 6 committee and all this stuff, I think a lot of people are, number one, a lot of people have a lot of real things to worry about in their lives, you know, right now, rather than something that happened 18 months ago. Um, you know, number two, I think people see through that narrative. They see the discrepancy. They see the, the hypocrisy. The, the problem is, is that it doesn't matter. We can call out the left's hypocrisy all we want. We could talk about how there's, you know, things are done one way over here, one way over here. That's just the rules of engagement now. We need to recognize that's how it is, you know? And so it, we, we get pissed about it, but people see it. And then at the same time, it's like, well, wait a minute, this nothing's going to change. And you know, in D.C., they have all the power. I mean, everybody who's gone up in front of a D.C. jury for, as a result of Jan 6 has been convicted and at about the highest level or or very high level um, there. You know, it's like if you go to D, if you go to court in D.C. and you were involved in Jan 6, you're done. You're you're going away. And so, um, you know, I think the average person doesn't buy into the narrative and they <laughs> saw what happened during the summer of love, you know, in 2020. <laughs> And uh, they see the disparity. But I do also think a lot of people feel powerless about it. They feel like the, the establishment and the media has got too much power. And, and there's nothing we can do to fight back against it. I just, I mean, if you study the, the I mean, I know big podcasts, not the biggest podcasts, that get bigger numbers than The Daily Show, bigger numbers than John Oliver, bigger, I mean, like up, almost up there with Bill Maher. And those are well funded. I, 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 I mean, like if you look at the media's numbers, I mean, what is Gar Gumfeld or what is his name? Gutfeld, Greg Gutfeld. Yeah. What's he doing? Like two mil? Yeah, it's millions. Yeah, two I mean, three he's, mil. He's the guy now in a country of thirty three hundred and sixty five million people. I mean, that's the number one show. That's not even one percent. It's not even. Yeah, 1%. it's. It's legitimacy, right? Like the, the, the media, the mainstream media and the, and the establishment still is like coasting off the fumes of legitimacy. 
right? So that's that's going away. It's dying. It's like CNN has legitimacy because it's in every friggin' airport. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, but the viewership in there, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, so I think it's just, we're in a fight of legitimacy right now. Um, that's why they've tried to delegitimize everything that's counter narrative. That's why they try to delegitimize all of the doctors during COVID who are out there saying certain things. They try to, so that's, that's the currency of the regime and of the mainstream press and whatever, you know, even, even I think Hollywood that that's dying as far as like people giving a shit about. I totally agree, man. Yeah, I totally agree. So I personally think that we are winning. I I, I could be wrong and maybe, the, maybe base and, and we're watching this election where there seems to be two different realities going on and maybe that's their goal. Maybe their goal is to have two different realities and it might be working. Uh, you know, I, we've seen a lot of uh, divide and conquer all the way down to these micro levels. Like if you study like ESPN with the Boston Celtics coach, you got black men fighting feminists. That's another group that they that's two groups they got fighting now. That's all done on purpose. Now with Kyrie, you have black men fighting against the media. Now that's another group that fights, you know, because they were all buddy-buddy during the Trump stuff, and now they got them fighting with each other. And that just seems to be thing that, but I think what comes out of that is people starting to wake up that we're more alike than we are different. And I think, I think there's more and more people that are coming together more than ever. And that's just my my humble opinion. So what do you think happens with now that after this election? We don't know the final numbers. It does look like, I think, there's a good chance Republicans will have the majority, but not by more. And yeah. there's no way for the Democrats to get the majority. We'll see about the Senate. I mean, the Senate looks like it could be even again if this Georgia thing goes the wrong way. But the House, yeah, I think is... Well, I mean, right now they have... Over. They're giving Georgia. Oh, it's a dead heat. Well, bro. they're going to go to a runoff. Whoa, no, Georgia, they actually have Georgia's going to a runoff though, because neither of them got fifty percent. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy, dude. That's crazy, bro. So, well, I do think one of the things that's come out of COVID, and I think DeSantis has shown the way on a little bit, is the power of strong state governments, building the freest state possible, and having strong leadership that will stand against federal overreach and has the balls to do something. I'm not saying that DeSantis is like, you know, perfect or whatever, of course. But the the idea here is I, I would like to see the wake up call be to people like, Hey, what can we do to create the free estates? Like, cause we actually can do some things to give the finger to the federal government, no matter who's in power there. Now it matters, but I think for many, many decades, people have put too much, of a priority on the federal races and they've ignored local city state, all of that. And I think that's changing. I think that's something that we're seeing with the school boards and we're seeing that with the state legislatures and these governors, you know, and we've got a long way to go, but I think we, we should do everything we can to create the freest geography, have free our communities of people that we trust that have got our back, do whatever we can to make sure that our money isn't dependent on you know, work corp, work corporations or, or, or bending, you know, the knee to whatever that's happening, try to have a way to be financially independent outside of the system. Like, I think there's a lot of things that through COVID the, the silver lining is, I think people have woken up to some of that stuff, 
you know? And so I think the battle for the States is sort of the, the place that we go from here. We'll see if Carrie Lake becomes governor in Arizona. Do you, I um, think uh, now she's down. She is down 3000. She's yeah. down. Uh, uh, yeah. Like right now she, uh, may, it's uh, actually 4,000 and, and they are saying that 67 and that she gained, she gained 6,000 with one percentage point more reporting going from 66% to 67. And she gained six, uh, she gained 7,000 votes in just 1%. Must have been the city. Oh yeah. It's Mar Maricopa where all that stuff was going crazy. Where I guarantee they had the data that Carrie Lake was dominating in Maricopa and they had the fucking feng shui. Fuck that shit up. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just want to party and hang out and get weird with Carrie Lake. Yeah. Oh. Doesn't she look like she like back when the Coke was good and it was fun <laughs> that she would just do some rails and let you get weird with her? That like, hey, I'm it. I Carrie Lake looks like every chick over 30 in Arizona. That's what they all look like. <laughs> Short hair shit talkers. Look at her. Yeah, that's that's Arizona. If you had to do a mascot for females of Arizona, Carrie Lake is that mascot. My final thoughts to you is, what is your thoughts on Trump? Trojan horse, Manchurian candidate, good guy, uh, winner, crime boss, try a nationalist crime boss, Zionist puppet. What is your thoughts? Yeah, it's a great question. I I did vote for Trump in 2020. I didn't realize I was going to till a few months before. I voted for Gary Johnson in 2016. But I saw Trump as a solution to, like, stop the bleeding. I was like, can we buy some time here? I felt like things were going to be worse, right, uh, under Joe Biden. And I believe I was correct about that, as, as many were. But I think Trump has thin skin. I think he has to be right. I think he's got some flaws that make him – uh, loyal to the wrong people. So I think there's uh, things you can complain about Trump and and say that he shouldn't run in 2024 or whatever. But the thing that is also true is that he has built and galvanized this very loyal movement of people in this country to him. And I have trouble seeing a way in which he bows out and like I think he's going to run. And I think if he does, I think he should just people should clear the way and just let it happen on the Republican side. I'm not saying it's going to result in a win, but I think like the Republican Party's got to get Trump out of their system. A lot of people feel like he didn't really get a first term because he was under investigation and Russia Gate and all this stuff. A lot of people believe he should have won and did win the second term. Um, and didn't do you get think it. that? Uh, um, I think that there are. Things that should be looked into as far as what was unconstitutional at the state level that was a result of COVID weakening, uh, like chain of custody. A lot of things were weakened under the guise of COVID that has created a way where it's, I believe, difficult to know who was the deserved winner of 2020. That's what I'll say. Um, and so... But, but a lot of people still believe that he won and he deserves to be in there. So I think I think the Republican Party has got to get Trump out of their system. I think this, this is when to do it. Um, I think that if Trump goes against Joe Biden and Kamala Harris or Kamala Harris, I think he could potentially win. But I think that if he runs and is the nominee, I think they're going to try to put Gavin Newsom up against him. Mm -hmm. That's my what I believe is true. Interesting. I believe that DeSantis oh, yeah. – 
I believe that DeSantis can be a great candidate as president potentially, but I think that the process to get there will divide the party in half. And, and I don't know that you you mean if Trump also goes, is that what you're saying? Yeah. If they go up against each other, they're both going to come very bruised and battered out of that process of the, of the primary. Do you think DeSantis would go into it against Trump? If he knows Trump's in it, do you think DeSantis would still go into it? If, if he's smart, he'll be governor for that, that season. He'll just wait on the sidelines and then he'll, he'll get in there for 2028. I totally agree with that, dude. I think let let Trump run and let it let let's see how it goes. A lot of people either think lot, Gavin Newsom maybe. I think Newsom is, outside of California is toxic. He would he would get destroyed. But I do believe the other options aren't much better. C- Cameltoe Harris, it's Biden, dude. I mean, Hillary Clinton, it's the and court. here's the one that Gary the number guys predicts. Michelle Obama. Yep. That, go, she, yep. she think he thinks that dude's gonna run. It's gonna be the corpse of Joe Biden. <laughs> Don't so, forget who's playing hopscotch though, or who's still trying to jump into what do you call that? Well, yeah. Oh, uh, Hillary. Yeah, Hillary. Yeah, I so, said Hillary. But oh, did you? I think Hillary. I think that you, the Democrat. I think her control of the Democratic Party is not what it was. I think she, everything she does is on her own, and it's not the, that them doing it. I think. I think Michelle Obama has a way bigger reach, even though I think yeah. that she'll get her dick kicked in. Or literally. literally. Yeah. yeah. She's, like, I, she's like that actor that his her agent keeps putting her name out for all. You know, yeah. did you hear uh, Tom Cruise is going to be the next guy, yeah, the next yeah. James Bond, you know? And they're like, nah, dude. I think that it's I think over, Obama Hillary. got a rude awakening on the campaign trail when he couldn't even get words out with getting heckled. Like that's chocolate Jesus dog, and they they were they were fucking they wouldn't let him talk, and I think they I think that's I think that's a fucking real eye opener for someone who was so protected by the media to have so many people pushing back against them. Mm-hmm. I don't believe I, I'm sorry, I don't believe that that special needs guy won. I think there's some real <laughs> weirdness in there. I could be wrong. You're talking about Pennsylvania. Yeah, I mean. They, well, again, they didn't. You think Ozzo was? I mean, he wasn't a good candidate. I think he? he was a bad candidate, but I think the Terrible. other guy is just all. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Fetterman at least comes off as genuine relative to uh, one when he's like, yeah, but there's something. I mean, there's something. <laughs> I think he's like a what would you call might call a regional candidate. I think there's something about that guy from what like I've heard. He's the Krispy Kreme he of kinda, Pennsylvania. Yeah, he kind of appeals to people from Pennsylvania. <laughs> uh, there's something about his. Accent. Well, he was a mayor there, and yeah, he had. A, I mean, like, once you have a stroke, it's like, come on, dude. Like on a hu- human level, take care of yourself. Get out of this. Take care of you. I mean, like, I can't stand Ka- Kathy Griffin. I hope she gets survives and, and beats cancer. I, I can't stand her. Doctor Oz is throwing the fight. I mean, that putting him up against anybody is just throwing it. I mean, it's me. definitely possible. I mean, he was a. Oprah Winfrey puppet. Yeah. I think Jason. I, I do want to. I do want to say something. I, I do think that, and this is getting into the conspiracy realm, right, and how the establishment works. But I think it's a possibility to consider that that Charlie Crist was put up by the Democrats to get his butt beat by DeSantis in order to create a situation in which they could exit stage left 
Trump. Now, I know a lot of people would be like, they don't want to face DeSantis. Oh, wow, bro. Yeah, because a lot of people say, no, they don't want DeSantis. He's worse. You know, he's more powerful than Trump. No, I don't think that. I, I, I think that DeSantis... I don't think they want him either. You know, they've tried to make him the next Trump, right? Like as a bad guy. But I think what's coming out of Florida is within the Republican Party. Like, hey, we got to not have Trump. DeSantis is our man. We've got to elevate him. And, you know, some people are saying that DeSantis is going to make nice with the Paul Ryan wing of the Republican Party and that he's going to ultimately be a more refined a more palatable version of what Trump represented and, and essentially move the energy of the MAGA movement and neutralize it. Not, not, not saying DeSantis is planning that, but you know, like, you know, I could see it go that way. And so by neutralize, what do you mean? Meaning, meaning neuter it. Um, yeah. Neuter it. Yeah. Neuter the, the America first rough around the edges dimension of it. Champ it to DeSantis and DeSantis ends up becoming a little bit of a uh, compromised with like the Paul Ryan, Mitch McConnell money, Ugh. all of that stuff. And he's got to, you know, sort of pull the reins in a little bit um, as their as their guy. Right. So, again, theorizing this is just spitballing, but I'm just looking at the political dynamics and like, you know, trying to figure out. And I, I think you're getting a lot of people saying, hey, Trump needs to just bow out. He's done. Look what happened. DeSantis is the guy. And uh, that that is a, a possibility. And, you know, the Republican establishment still hates Trump. But I know? think you're right. I think we I think the Republicans need to fucking get Trump out of the system. Like they're I yeah. think they're like, well, says, there's they're they're if bag you of watch stone. these guys talking, you know, uh, Cernic. What's his name? Cernic. Mike Cernic is that his name. Mike Cernovich. Yeah, he's yeah. like Trump didn't do well at all. I mean, anyone thinks Trump's doing. I'm like, I th- I think he won a bunch of the the th- the bunch of the races he backed. I, not nobody bats a thousand. Well, you've got Biden already on TV saying the red wave didn't happen. You know. Yeah, but and that's the funniest thing is that you thought Democrats were going to get slaughtered and they just got massacred. Right? They just they lost. Right. 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 They just didn't yeah. get uh, genocided. Right. That's that's <laughs> that's the truth. Like it wasn't yeah. like complete utter annihilation. And they're taking that as a W. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> woo! totally kill us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. still not. Yeah, we're ju- we're not life support. Fuck you. It's like, <laughs> you guys got your dicks kicked in, and, and 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 it's just like New York and and California and now Pennsylvania are just these these hotbeds of stupidity, and it, it, like these people vote emotionally. They don't vote with their heads. There's no way you can live in New York City and think that the Democrats are doing a good job. There's no way you can live in California and think the Democrats are doing a good job. You just refuse to admit that you might want to vote for something that your dad liked. And this is all about railing against your father. And how about you vote for it and don't talk about it? Vote Republican and act like you still didn't vote for it. Yeah, or just tell everybody you voted Democrat. <laughs> yeah. Just do what you do what you need to do. I mean, Katy Perry's like, I vote for Rick Caruso. I was like, how sad is it that Rick Caruso had to run as a Democrat just to be able to run? Yeah. yeah. 
And then I love that they're like, well, Fred Caruso, Rick Caruso spent $100 million on this campaign. If he really wants to stop homelessness, he should put it in there. <laughs> uh, you're voting for a councilman who fucking created this whole thing. Karen Bass worked, she worked in the LA government. Like, what are you talking about? That 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 was her her pitch that she's been in the system for so long. I'm like, well, you're the reason the yeah, system's exactly. garbage. Like, that's like, the funniest. Like, how the argument. fuck is that? Right. Your how's that? So your we've pitch? Ca- we we've kept you long enough, dude. We've <laughs> been yelling at you the whole time. Uh, Man, this has been a blast. I really appreciate. It. It's been a fun conversation. We gone all over the map. So yeah, this is the show. It's like, oh, you want to talk about this? And we'll get to eventually. Uh, Jason, <laughs> one more time, tell them where they can find you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, QSentMeMovie.com. You can find the film at MyMoviesPlus.com. Download the app, Movies Plus. Free speech platform, putting lots of great content out there. And then uh, you can follow uh, the film on Twitter at QSentMovie. That's our handle. But, yeah, appreciate you, man. Appreciate you coming out here and just being your authentic self and being curious and bringing the info to people. It's much needed. I I believe it. I believe that. January 6th is a, uh, a, a psyop to drive us all crazy. And anybody who, who's presenting information to show light on that, I think needs to be amplified. And so I'm glad you came on. And I love everybody over there at L-Ride and, uh, who, who, runs, um, who runs Movie Plus. Uh, yeah, and they're dudes. doing a great job over there. I work with them on a lot of projects. So Can you explain what that is? Is that a platform, a video Movie platform? Plus? Yeah. Yeah, Movie Plus is a live streaming platform that is trying what, to- Live streaming? Well, basically, what it, it, they're trying to almost be like a- um, and correct me if I'm uh, I'm wrong, uh, Jason. Uh, they're almost trying to be like a Patreon for movies, almost, in a weird way. Like, you, you subscribe, and you know if you get people to subscribe- you, you can make money off it, and there's it's nothing wrong movies? with making money. What? My movies? Like, um, it's my called- movies plus. Yeah, yeah. Okay. My yeah, I mean, movies it's, are it's, mov- it's, movies plus. It's similar, you know. It's like similar to Netflix or whatever, but like, you know, they're also introducing some other types of content they're doing on there, and they put they've got content on the left and the right. It's not like they're just. It's not like they're a conservative outlet. You know, the people on the right don't want to kick the left off of everything. The left wants to kick everybody on the right yeah, off. Yeah, of that's a, such a good point. Yeah, and, and, um, and they and they and it's. Destroying their bottom line. You are kicking yep. off everybody with the money. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. My Movies Plus is the website. Movies Plus is the app. You can download it. Movie's gonna this film's dropping in just a couple days. So by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be out there. All Check right, it out. man. We'll Epi- make sure one. We'll make sure to uh, have a link and we'll make sure it happens and we'll make sure people follow it. Okay. So thank you again, Jason. We really appreciate you coming on. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Good luck with everything. Guys, again, grab your tickets all next week. I got three big shows. Wednesday night, uh, Comedy Chaos. Then Thursday night, Rec Room with Eddie Bravo and this weirdo. And then finally, join me in Ventura. Grab your tickets. One hour of ranting. Join me. One hour of me ranting political rants and answering questions. See me do stand-up, then see me rant. So come join me. An I hour love- of ranting. That would be like $500 if you did it through Cameo. Yeah, that's true. Think That'd about be that. $500! That's a lot of dollars. Don't come in with don't come in with five minute questions. Don't come in with five minute questions, bro. I only got so much. All right, guys. Uh, thank you guys so much. Go samtruth.com. Grab all your tickets. Take care and have a great weekend. We go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind.
fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hat, Tim foil hat.